Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the Gospel of John, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, how many of you like movies? Any movie buffs out there? It's one of your favorite pastimes? Back in the 1980s, there was a trilogy of movies made that were all centered around the life and adventures of one character. His name was Henry Jones. And I remember watching them as a kid. You might better know him as Indiana. What's interesting is that these movies all deal with something of a religious or spiritual nature. Raiders of the Lost Ark is about the Nazis trying to find Israel's lost Ark of the Covenant in order to use its power for their evil plans. Indiana Jones is hired to find it first. The Temple of Doom is about Indiana discovering a cult in India that practices magic and human sacrifice while he's on a quest to find a mystical stone. The Last Crusade is about Indiana and his father's search for the Holy Grail, the cup that Jesus used at the Last Supper because of its supposed power to grant everlasting life. Basically, that's the same thing that Ponce de Leon was looking for, the Spanish explorer who traveled over Florida trying to find the Fountain of Youth. Most people probably have this desire to live longer, if not forever. The great theologian Woody Allen once said, It's not that I'm afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. People like Ponce de Leon have tried to find everlasting life. People even try to turn back time by using special beauty products stem cells, or even getting cosmetic surgery done. Yet even with all of this, the mortality rate is still 100%. That's because any attempt to live forever on your own is going to fall hopelessly short. Actually, the mortality rate is a little more than 100% since a number of people from both the Old and New Testaments were brought back to life and obviously died again. There was the widow of Zarephath's son, the widow of Nain's son, Lazarus, Jairus's daughter. And they make up for the fact that Elijah and Enoch went to heaven without dying. Today we're talking about living forever, just not in a fountain of youth kind of way. This is the second of three straight weeks in which the gospel is a portion of Jesus' bread of life discussion from John chapter 6. Jesus declares several times, I am the bread of life. Last week we heard Jesus say, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then he said, in the verse that ended last week's reading and also begins today's, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now, why does Jesus use this phrase, the bread of life? If you remember, Jesus had just miraculously fed thousands of hungry people from just five loaves of bread and two fish. So bread was already on everyone's mind. 
And Jesus wants to direct those minds from not just the bread that fills your stomach for a day, but to the bread that gives life to both body and soul for eternity. Because that is the gift Jesus comes to give. We need it, and Jesus gives it. I am the bread of life, says Jesus. Why bread? Because bread across cultures is universally seen as the staple of life. Without bread, which is kind of shorthand for food in general, without bread, without food, without sustenance, we die. It is that which gives life and sustains life. It's true in regards to physical life. And when Jesus applies this term to himself, it's true in regards to spiritual life as well. Without the bread of life, that is, without Jesus, we die. And it would be eternal death, forever separated from Christ. So we need the life that Jesus gives. We need this more than anything else in the world. And Jesus is the only one who can give us this life and sustain it. That's why he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus goes on to say, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus Christ came down from heaven to do the will of his heavenly Father. Jesus is the very Son of God, the eternal Son of God from before the creation of the world who at a specific time in history came down from heaven and became incarnate, became one of us in the flesh for us and for our salvation. This is why he came. The crowd back then didn't get it. They could only think of this man, Jesus, as the person growing up in the home of Joseph and Mary. They said, How can he say, I have come down from heaven? But that is the mystery of the incarnation. God becoming flesh. God as both fully man and fully God. And only God can reveal Jesus to us as the divine Savior sent from heaven. Jesus says that much when he said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. This happens as God's word through the Holy Spirit works repentance and faith in your heart so that you know you need a Savior and you discover that Jesus is the very one who meets that need. God's word is at work in your heart so that you know and feel your sins. You recognize your need for forgiveness and you hear that only Jesus gives you just that. I am the bread of life, Jesus tells the people. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. You can do all that you can to eat healthy and have the best diet there is. You can try the paleo diet, the keto diet, vegetarian, vegan, high fiber, whole grain, all natural, gluten free, or whatever the latest craze is. It doesn't matter. You're still going to die one day. What then? What then? It reminds me of what Paul says in Romans 7. Who will rescue me from this body of death? 
Who will do this? Jesus. He's the one. I am the bread of life, he says. That's why he came. And how does he give us this life? How does he meet our greatest need? Jesus tells us, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus gives life to the world by giving his life for the world. Now let me say that again a little more slowly so you hear it. Jesus gives life to the world by giving his life for the world. This is the heart of the gospel. Jesus gives his life so that you and I and the rest of the world might have life. And how is this accomplished? On the cross, of course. There, Jesus offered himself as the perfect sacrifice that covers the sins of the whole world. This is God's ultimate solution to our biggest problem, our sin, which only deserves death and eternal damnation. Jesus takes all that from us. He gives his flesh into death, taking our place, taking the punishment our sins deserve. Even though Jesus never sinned, he takes our sin and death and makes it his own. In his flesh, in his body, on the cross, he bore our sins. And by his blood, the holy, precious, innocent blood he shed on our behalf, our sins are forgiven. Jesus died for them all, for your sins and mine. And then Jesus rose from the dead. Death could not hold him. Because he overcame sin, death, and the devil, our sins are forgiven. We are at peace with God, and we who believe have eternal life. That is the truest and most freeing message you will ever hear. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You have life, new life, eternal life. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. No more hunger, no more thirst, no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more tears. And again he says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life everlasting life. And finally, he says, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. No more sin, no more death. This is the eternal life that Jesus gives, and we have the sure hope of it even now. We also get a foretaste of what is to come while we're on this earth. The gift of faith through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Because of Christ's death and resurrection, we are at peace with God and we have peace that passes all human understanding, guarding our hearts and minds. Because we know and have God's forgiveness, we forgive others. Because we know and have God's love, we walk in his love and we love him and others. That's what Paul wrote in Ephesians that you heard earlier. 
And when we gather for the Lord's Supper, we receive life-giving bread, Christ's own body and blood in his sacrament. This is all part of the new life that we have now that Christ has freely given us. And this is life that will overcome the grave because Christ overcame the grave. Our bodies that are laid in the grave will one day rise. On the last day, the day when Christ returns. Notice how Jesus repeats this promise in the gospel. He says, And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Again, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Did you hear that? Multiple times, and I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus here is talking about the bodily resurrection on the day when he returns. Our physical bodies will be raised up to be glorious, perfect bodies like his, no longer subject to disease or death. When? On the last day. This is our great hope, the return of Christ and the resurrection of the body. We confess it in the creed, don't we? I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Throughout the Bible, it teaches the physical, bodily resurrection of the dead on the last day. And these repeated promises of Jesus in our text today are the prime examples. Jesus will raise and give life to our dead bodies on the last day, which in turn will be our first day of new life everlasting in a restored creation, a renewed heaven and earth. And we will live and dwell with God and see God along with all the saints who have gone before us, all the believers of all time, in perfect fellowship and harmony and unexplainable joy. What a thing to look forward to. This is the life that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ won for us and gives to us purely out of his love, grace, and mercy. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Here is Jesus' promise for you today and always. And the Holy Spirit is a seal of that promise. There may not be a holy grail or fountain of youth that will ensure you any more years of life on this earth. The only assurance you have is Jesus Christ, who guarantees you eternal life through his death and resurrection. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.